morning. I'm just going to go to church. But God, help us seek your face, God, tonight. God, that we may find some nugget, God, that we can go home with. There may be some area in our life we may be struggling in. God, that you speak to us special. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people say it. Let's remain standing as we worship tonight.
believe it tonight, give the Lord praise. Keep playing, brother Ben. I'm glad, thank God, tonight I'm here to worship. I didn't come just to come to church tonight. He's the King of Kings, honey. He's done a whole lot for me. I'm not done enough for Him, but praise God, brother Raymond, He's done a whole lot for me tonight. Cause here I am to worship, and here I.
working and there's times where it's better and there's times when it's worse. But I told you I turned my TV off for the last week just trying to get the mind of God. I challenge you to take something out of your life that's distracting you from God. I challenge you to do that. But last night I was faced with another anxiety attack. As I was working, I worked for 23 hours straight yesterday.
God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're facing. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I, as I begin to study this message, the Lord showed me some uh, things that I had not uh, seen before. And I hope that hope it will be a help to you. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 1. The Bible said, For this um, Melchizedek, uh, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, Prince of the Most High God, priest rather of the Most High God, who met Abram or Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being uh, by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made uh, like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. I'm interested in that, uh, this verse here, and uh, what all that, that it brings out, and I hope that uh, tonight as we look into this, it'll be a help to you. Uh, let's look and preach just a little bit tonight on the mystery of Melchizedek. The mystery of Melchizedek. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, uh, God, as we open your word, I pray, God, that you'll open our hearts and open our lives uh, to receive uh, that that you have for us, that, that you've purposed for us. And, Lord, I pray that you take this uh, thought and, Lord, that you uh, allow us to receive uh, just exactly what you have and what you want in this place and in this hour. We thank you and Lord, we bless you. God, we ask these things in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, you may be seated tonight. Um, when you look at the Old Testament, uh, has anyone ever heard the term a theophany? Theophany is a pre-incarnate uh, or a, a, a personage of God. A Christophany is what they call a pre-incarnate uh, appearance of Christ. Um, this character that we're going to look at tonight, Melchizedek, is one that is uh, wrapped in mystery. There's not a lot that's said about him, but what is said, I believe, uh, can be a help to all of us tonight. So I'm going to preach just uh, briefly as I can and try to uh, give this to you. You know, one thing that I learned uh, in preaching and trying to, uh, to preach over the years is don't say a whole lot where God didn't say a whole lot. Right. <laughs> don't give your uh, opinion on everything when God didn't give a whole lot in the scripture about it. Uh, we don't have to come up with all kinds of ideas. The reason he didn't give a whole lot of scripture about it is because he didn't want to give a whole lot of scripture about it, all right? And so uh, tonight, as we think about that, uh, there's a prophetic snapshots that are taken uh, in, uh, throughout scripture, throughout the Old Testament, kind of like an old-timey photo album. I believe most of us uh, know something about a photo album in this room uh, here tonight. Uh, like an old-timey photo album, a collection of snapshots of real people, real lives, and real circumstances. It also serves to give us a glimpse to the future. 
Uh, a few weeks ago, I preached a message about, or maybe it's a couple of months now, I'm not sure, about how that Abraham and Isaac had gone up to Mount Moriah. And God told Abraham to take his only son, his promised son, to Mount Moriah and to sacrifice him. Uh, Isaac was a very real person. Uh, Abraham was a very real person. Mount Moriah was a very real place. It's just a picture of what was to come. For soon a father would lead his son up another mountain called Mount Calvary. Uh, and he would sacrifice his son for the sins of the world. Where God spared Isaac, uh, he did not spare his only son, Jesus. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I'll remind you, uh, Mount Moriah is also known as Mount Calvary. Aren't you thankful that you can get a picture every once in a while from the Old Testament to see what God would do in days and hours to come? Think about Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter number 7. Noah is instructed to build an ark and put his family in the ark. When the judgment of God would come down, Noah and his family would be saved. Noah was a very real person, had a very real family. This was a very uh, real ark. Uh, there was a great flood uh, that took place. Uh, this is a snapshot of something that, uh, that would take place. It's a snapshot of Jesus Christ and how the family uh, comes to him to be saved from the judgment uh, that would be brought on this earth. Uh, the Old Testament, again, is snapshots of things uh, uh, that are to come. Uh, I, I try, I'm belaboring that point uh, to bring it to Hebrews chapter number 7. In Hebrews chapter number 7, we ran, run into a guy by the name of Melchizedek. He's a very real person. He meets Abraham, another very real person. He blesses Abraham. In response, Abraham bows and gives him a tithe. Mikhil, uh, excuse me, Mikhil, Mikhil, Melchizedek. There it is. Thank you. Hallelujah. Y'all thought I done went and got the, the second blessing there. Amen. Melchizedek uh, is a picture of something else. He's a king and he's a priest. He gave Abraham blessing and communion. He gave Abraham blessing and provision. Melchizedek is a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ one day would come to be our high priest and to be king. He would give his people provision. He would give his people communion. He would give his people blessing. As we take a look at Melchizedek tonight, I believe that it's just another snapshot, just another picture in the photo album of our blessed Redeemer, of our blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I look with me in verse number one. The Bible said, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, prince of the Most High God, who made Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, uh, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, uh, being uh, first being uh, by interpretation the king of righteousness, uh, and after that the king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, uh, but made like unto uh, the Son of God, abiding. 
with a priest continually. Uh, he's only found uh, two times in the Old Testament. Uh, you run across this guy, Melchizedek. Uh, two times in the Old Testament. I'll, I'll read you two verses real quick here uh, and, and let you see that in the book of Psalms. Is one place that you find him also in the book of Genesis where we find this story. The book of Psalm 110 said, The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In Genesis chapter number 14, uh, we find this story. And the Bible said in chapter 14 and verse 17, uh, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after the return from the slaughter of uh, Chedemiah. And of the kings uh, that were with him at the valley of Shiva, which is the king's dale, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the, uh, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed, uh, excuse me, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Let me just pause right here. This is just a commercial for you. There's a lot of people say, well, uh, the tithing is just the Old Testament. This is before the law was ever written. Uh, there was a tithe that was given before, before the law ever was. Uh, Abraham gave a tithe, a tenth part unto the Lord. I still believe it's right. I still believe it's good. I still believe there's blessing when we put God first in our giving, first in our living, and when we allow God to have first place in our life. And so as we think about that, as we look, as we look at that, we see there's a mystery here. That's resolved. He's mentioned twice here in the Old Testament, Genesis uh, chapter number 14. He's coming back. Uh, they're coming back from a, a, a slaughter of Adam. And they run into Melchizedek. And he gives Abraham a blessing. And then he disappears. You don't read anything else about him. You don't find anywhere in God's holy writ. You don't find anywhere in the word of God. Uh, where God mentions anything about him. Uh, however, uh, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews, also the songwriter, the psalmist, uh, must have been moved by the Holy Spirit as God told them about old McKillstead and said, don't forget about him. Uh, include him in there. And he, as he it disappears, uh, how, how would he disappear? Why is it that he offers uh, this blessing and he offers this provision at this time of fellowship uh, to Abraham when the cross is still thousands of years away. I think about that. Hallelujah. I'm not getting through this because uh, I'm just thinking about where I'm going. Hallelujah. I got to thinking about how uh, that God saw uh, and God went all the way down. God knew where you'd be, and God knew where I'd be, and God knew where Abraham was, and God went after him, and God went after you, and God came after me, hallelujah, I still remember the day when God came by my way, reached way down, picked me up, washed me off, made me a brand new creature in Christ, hey, I'm glad, hallelujah, that he came looking for me tonight. The church is yet thousands of years into the future. But Melchizedek offers communion. Why does Abraham offer a tithe and bow to him? That's a mystery to many. 
But if you search it out, you study it out, you look at it, seeing Melchizedek as a picture, as a snapshot, as a photo of Christ, we can learn why this took place. Melchizedek is not Jesus Christ, but he is a picture of Christ. So think about this. When Jesus came to this earth, was it not a mystery just like Melchizedek? He was, he was mysterious in his birth. We've, done, we've just came through the Christmas season. We've preached all around that and all about that. But think about this. It had never happened before. A virgin had never conceived before. All of a sudden, she's starting to swell up. All of a sudden, she's pregnant with purpose, pregnant with promise, coming from the Holy God. That had never happened before. But God brought him here through a mysterious transaction, and he brought him to here through his birth. Then you think about how that they watched him bleed, and they watched him die. How that they took him down from that cross. How they took him into that tomb. How they watched him as they went there. And they thought, I'll give him a proper burial. I'll take care of him properly. And then they went there and found out. They didn't need to do one thing, Haven. He done got up. He would not rot. He would not stink. He would not stay. Hey, hey. I'm glad, hallelujah. And some 2,000 years ago, on that third a glorious day, Jesus got up victorious over death. Oh, yeah. So you think about his birth, his resurrection, his ascension. Now, for 50 days, they are there together. They're following the Lord. They're listening to the Lord. They're with the Lord. Then, here comes the day of ascension. They are, they go just outside of Jerusalem. The Bible said as far as Bethany. He takes them there, and then he gives them his last commands, his last words, and then the Bible said he was called up into heaven. He was taken away into heaven. And they stood there and stared. They stood there and wondered. They stood there and thought, how, how can this be? And the angel showed up and said, marvel not. Said, just as you, hallelujah, just as you've seen him leave, he's coming back in like manner. One of these days, Raymond, he's going to step out on the cloud. One of these days, he's coming after you. He's coming after me. He's coming after his pride. He's coming after the church. Hey, I'm glad to tell you, when I look into the mystery of it all, I can believe it. I believe every bit of it. Because even though, even though I wasn't there, I know he was born. Even though I wasn't there, I know he died. Even though I wasn't there, I know he got up. He got up. He got up. I said, even though I wasn't there, I know he's not dead. It's, we, we have, as believers, we have no problem believing that. Because Christ has done something wonderful in us. When we get to look at this idea of Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, the prince of peace. The interesting thing, one thing that I learned as I studied is this. According to the law, he could not be king and priest. 
However, he came before the law. Before the law ever was, he came. And Jesus said in his earthly ministry, he said, I didn't come to put away the law, to do away with the law. He said, I come to fulfill the law. I, but as a, as a priest, he would have had to come from the tribe of, as might know it, Levi. He would have had to be of the Levitical priesthood, the Levitical line. If he was going to be a king, he would have had to come from the light tribe of Judah. Uh, but uh, uh, he, he didn't come uh, from either one of those. Uh, I'm talking about Melchizedek. He could not be king. Uh, he could not be priest. Uh, and he got to thinking about that and how, how the Melchizedek was both. He was both uh, priest and king. In fact, uh, there's a deeper Bible study we can do about this. When they gave the name, his name in Hebrew meant Joshua. That name meant priest, prophet, and king. No one had ever held all three offices. But some 2,000 years ago, a little baby was born in Bethlehem, just outside of Bethlehem, and he held an office, priest, prophet, and king. And one of these days, he's going to come back, and he's going to set up rule and reign on this earth, and he will be priest, prophet, and king, just like he said he would be. We, uh, we get to thinking about all this, think about how all this has come to pass, and it's a mystery. But in the mystery, we find a ministry. In the mystery, there's a ministry. As Melchizedek is a picture of Christ, not only as king and priest, but also when you think about his ministry toward Abraham. He goes out to meet Abraham. He goes to where Abraham was. See, Abraham wasn't looking for Melchizedek, but Melchizedek was looking. Hey, hey. But Melchizedek was looking for him. Hey, hey. I don't know about you, but I wasn't looking too hard for God. But I'm glad, hallelujah, he was looking for me. I'm glad, bless his holy name. When you think about friends, and you think about family, and you think about people that are living and doing their own thing, they're not looking too hard for God. But David, can I tell you this? God sure is looking for them. God sure is hunting for them. God sure is going after them. I'm glad, bless his holy name. That we serve a God that comes to where we are. He reveals his ministry in how he serves Abraham. We, we don't come to Christ. We talked about this some this morning. We don't come to Christ just when we feel like it. Just when it pleases us. Just when it feels good. No, you come to Christ on his time or you don't come at all. But I'm thankful. Melchizedek came to where Abraham was. We, the Bible said, all, the, all we like sheep are, have gone astray. We don't look for him. We don't desire him. But I'm thankful, hallelujah, he's, he's come after us. But I think about this. Not only did he come looking for him, but he, then he brought, uh, the Bible said he brought wine and bread to him. Now, the Bible said he was a priest. The Bible also said he was king. 
And I've done some study about this. There's a lot of commentators that will go one side or the other. And uh, I tend to believe a little bit of both. I believe that as he, he came, he came as priest to offer communion, to offer fellowship, to offer a, 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 an entrance into a, 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 a being able to be part of what was going on. He said, Abraham, I want you to know uh, that uh, you are part of the fellowship of God. I want you to know that the God's got a great big family. And I want you to know I, I, I am part of that and I receive you as that. He didn't make Abraham take uh, uh, what he gave him. He didn't. Uh, he asked him, do you want to? Abraham could have said no, uh, uh, but he received that uh, that uh, provision. He received what he gave him, but also uh, uh, he gave him his blessing. I'm glad, bless his holy name, uh, for the time that God has put his hand on you uh, and put his hand on me. Some of you right now are living in houses you shouldn't be living in. Driving cars you ought not be driving. Yeah. You got money in the bank account you ought not have. They got jobs that you ought not have. Got blessings that you ought not have. You didn't deserve it. You didn't. There wasn't anything you did to work up to it. But I'm glad, hallelujah, just like old Melchizedek, I'm glad that God saw me and God saw you and God said, I'm going to put a blessing on thee. He received that blessing. So we think about the ministry of Melchizedek. How that he blessed him. You know, one thing, as I studied this and I was looking at it, the Bible said, he's the king of righteousness. He's the king of peace. King of Salem being the king of peace. I'm thankful whenever I got in, I got his righteousness. Not only that, as Brother Ben was testifying about, about a little bit earlier, I got the peace of God in my life. And the Bible said, the peace that passeth all understanding. Have you ever gone to a funeral? I know most of us have. Have you ever gone to a funeral and the room's filled with people? And at a funeral, they ought not be doing this, but you're hearing laughing. You're hearing People tell jokes and remember stories, and, and there's just almost, even though it's a sad occasion, there's almost a joyfulness in that building. We're not sad or we're not happy because they're gone, but we're happy because we know where they are. We've not lost them at all. We know just exactly where they are. The reason I can say that is, Miss Carolyn, I've been in other rooms where there's sad, ashen faces, where there's difficulty and just weeping. And nobody has any kind of joy because they don't know where that one is going. There is no promise of a reunion. There is no promise of a tomorrow. I was studying for the morning message I planned to preach this morning and uh, in the, this time frame in David's life, you remember the story? He had gotten and was with Bathsheba, and they were expecting a child. The Bible said that the child died. And in the time frame that it was still up in the air, David wept, prayed, and fasted. And then 
when he perceived that the child was dead, he washed himself, put on clothes, and began to feast. They said, what's wrong with you, David? Why are you feasting now? He said, I can't change what's happened, but I can go to be where he is. You know, there's a lot of things in my life, Brother Robert, I can't change. I can't change that they happened. I can't change how they happened. But bless his holy name. I can just rejoice until I get to where I'm going. I can rejoice until I get to where God has already purposed and planned and destined me to be. I, I say tonight as we think about this idea of Melchizedek, I, I, there's an idea of the ministry that he brought. The mystery that he brought. And then here, here's the last one. This is really where I wanted to be tonight. The majesty that we can rejoice in. The Bible said there, back in verse number 3 of Hebrews chapter number 7, said this, Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now you're going to have to just hold on with me just a second here. Because I've got a few verses that I need to read to you. Over in Hebrews, down further in the chapter, uh, I'll just start at verse number 20. Verse 20 said, And in so much as not without an oath he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but that which uh, with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. They truly were many priests. Because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. A priest would rise. A priest would serve. And a priest would die. But, hallelujah. Verse 24. But this man. Because he continueth ever. Hath an unchangeable priesthood. They're not going to vote him out. They're not going to impeach him. They're not going to get another one. He'll always be the priest. Wherefore, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. I'm thankful. Bless his holy name. I've got a priest that's always thinking about me. I've got a prophet that's always got me on his mind. I've got a king that's making a way for me. He's talking to God the Father on your behalf and my behalf. He's always making intercession for you and for me. And that old devil will bring up this. And that old devil will bring up that. But I'm glad, hallelujah, he looks at the Father and says, the blood's still there. The blood's still there. The blood's still there. I say, bless his holy name. I'm thankful for the ministry of my high priest. I done got all this up here. He remaineth a priest forever. We 
Most of us in this room know what it's like to get a little older. And to be honest with you, most of us in this room probably say, I don't like what it's like to get a little older. Raymond says to me a few times, every so often, he said, getting old, it ain't for sissies. And uh, <laughs> there's things that change when you get older. There's things that change in life. I got to think about the other day, uh, you go, you go. Um, my family and I started going to the, to the same doctor that we go to now uh, when our first child was born and she's 12 years old now and we've become accustomed to him he's become accustomed to us he knows what we're like he knows how we are he even knows how Kelly is and her Google and Web, WebMD jumping to conclusions and all that. You've never heard Kelly give some of her testimony. But I don't, unless something really, really bad happens, Miss Mary, I'm not looking to change doctors. I like the one I got. He knows me. I know him. I know what to expect. Um, I'm not looking to change churches. I know y'all. Y'all know me. We know all our each other's quirks and habits and hang-ups and warps and all that stuff. Oh my. Yeah, oh my. You know, when I think about that, I think if I if I didn't want a different doctor, I don't like that. Don't like the idea of having a different pastor, a different church, a different ministry like that. I'm thankful that Raymond and I will never have to worry about getting to know another priest. I've got one that knows everything about me. And I wish I could tell you that I know him intimately in many, many areas. There's a lot I'm lacking, but Haven, over these many years now, I've gotten to know him. I know something about him. I just, I, I don't, I, I say this and I don't want to say this and they come across the bat the wrong way or anything like that. On my way to, to church this morning, I told my wife, I said, I've got a tremendous outline and message that I, I really think would preach well today. I said, just be honest with you. Preaching. Used to, Eric, I got scared to death. There'd be times I wasn't clear on what message and outline or whatever to bring. I'd get scared to death. What am I going to say? Getting up here in front of them people, they, done, they expected me to tell them something. What am I going to say? I don't know what to say. Miss Mary, I learned. I'm learning. I'm learning more about it. I've learned a lot of times, most times, when I don't have clear direction like that, it's because God has something else he's going to do. I would encourage you to always be receptive to what God wants to do. It's so easy to have an idea of, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and this is the way it's going to go, and that's the way it's going to be. 
there was some ticket folk that used to come to church here, and uh, they never had children. And every day of their life was pretty much planned out. I mean, it was, you know, you do this on Monday, and you eat that on Monday, and then on Wednesdays you do this, and you eat that, and you get up, and you leave the house at this time, and you get to the church at that time, and, and it just, it, it was a pattern. It worked. And I thought, I thought, man, that, I can do that. Then the Lord gave me three little curveballs and found out that things don't always go like you plan them to go. I don't know how many times, Brother Ronnie, I've left, went to, I mean, we're ready to leave church and we get, we're getting ready to go, put your shoes on. I can't find my shoe. Sir, sir, Eric, you know something. But I got to thinking about this idea, and I'll finish up right here in just a second. He knows me. He knows all about me. He knows all my needs. He knows all my failures. He knows all the places where I've messed up. But the Bible said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He'll always be the same. He'll always be who He is. He is our high priest. He is our king forever. He, verse 24, He continues forever. Verse 25, He is able to save forever. Verse 26, He is consecrated forever. We live in a world that's full of sin and death and hell. We're, we're uh, living in a world that's full of filth and all that. But we have a God that's always holy. The Bible said in verse 27, He needeth not daily. Let's read, I'll just read that verse to you and I'll finish. Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins, then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. I've, I've said this so many times, I know you know it, but I'll remind this. In the sacrificial system, every day they had to make offerings. Every day there was offerings for sin offerings and all these different offerings. One time a year, there was the special offering where they'd bring in the lamb and uh, the atonement and all that. But every day there would be an offering. There was always work to be done. There was always blood to be shed. There was always death to bring upon some, some animal something for somebody else. That all stopped 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked in. <laughs> Hallelujah. When Jesus went to the Holy of Holies in heaven and he sprinkled the blood and all of our sins were covered. The Bible said in the book of Matthew that the, the, the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. God was saying there'll be no more sacrifice. 
There's no need for this anymore. It is done forever. Jesus, when he bled and Jesus, when he died, he stretched out his arms and he cried, it is finished. It's all done. It's everything's been done. Hebrews chapter 10 teaches us, but this man, after he made an offering one time for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. There's no more work to be done. It was all done on the cross. It was all done in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody give some praise in the house. I want you to stand with me. I know it's been long. This is probably a topic that maybe you never thought that you would even look at much. But tonight, with heads bowed and eyes closed, as we think about what God did in that He came to where we were, we think about what God did when He got to where we are. I believe every one of us tonight can say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. I'm going to do this tonight. Right there in your seat, right there where you're at. How many of us would just say, God, I want to thank you. That God, even though I don't understand it all, Lord, I believe it all. Oh, God, I want to tell you I love you. Thank you, God, that, God, you made a way for somebody like me. Let's pray to him. Come home, church. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for your manifold mercies, your multiplied mercies. Lord, you certainly have been good to us. Lord, I want to tell you I love you and I bless you for what you've done in my life and my heart. Thank you, God, that as a teen, as, as a boy, as a boy, God, you already have plans for me. Jeremiah said before I was even shaped, before I was even while I was still in my mother's womb, God had called me. Lord, I thank you tonight that even though there's been many a sidetrack trips, there's been many a fall, I'm thankful tonight that God, you're faithful to come to where we are. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Lord, have your will and have your way. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, come and be with us on Wednesday. Lord willing, uh, I've been telling you this for, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. But Lord willing, we will be back in Hebrews, or Romans, rather, chapter number 10. And uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us on Wednesday. All right? So you come out and be with us on Wednesday.
uh, let's do this, uh, if you will. Uh, or if you'll just grab one of those plates right there and just stand by the back door and just hang out right there. If you, anyone did not have opportunity to worship and giving and you'd like to before you leave, be sure and we'll do that together. All right. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you all on Wednesday. Let's have a word of prayer as we're dismissed. Uh, Brother Ronnie, you pray for us. Father God, we just want to thank the Lord for the sweet worship you allowed us to have today. God, for the knees that we have, for the mercy and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.